0: Turn with me to Psalm chapter 8, Psalm chapter 8, read this scripture, Lord our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout all the earth, you have covered the heavens with your majesty, from the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have established a stronghold, ...on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place... ...what is a human being that you remember him? A son of man that you look after him. You made him a little less than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet... All sheep and oxen, as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout all the earth. I remember as a little boy, I I used to travel through the mountains uh, to go to North Carolina to visit relatives. And uh, as I would travel through the mountains, I would just be amazed At how big the mountains were. And how small I was in comparison to those mountains. And just kind of a sense of awe was there. And um, I remember my parents telling me God made those mountains. And just thinking about how awesome that was. That God could make something that big and that majestic. But you know when we look at creation and we see things that awe us or stir us. Uh, It just points to God and to His greatness and to His majesty. And uh, we need uh, to be able to understand praise so that we can worship God with a sense of awe in our hearts for Him. And David in in the writing and and singing of this psalm and praising God in this psalm uh, gives us an example of some thoughts, some kind of attitudes and so forth that we need to have as we think about praise of God and, and so we can learn from David's example here and uh, we need to praise God from the heart for his greatness and his majesty. The title of my message is an explanation of praise. How is praise explained? Well first of all I want you to see that God tells us about its subject, its subject. Look at verse 1, Lord our Lord, that's the subject of praise right there. Lord, all capital letters, of course, is the uh, English word that uh, references Yahweh, the great I Am. Uh, When you see Lord with a capital L and little O-R-D, it's the word Adonai in Hebrew. And so, um, the great I Am, the, the one who spoke the universe into existence, the one who said to Moses, lift up your Rod and a wind will come and split the Red Sea. This is the great I am that David is worshiping. And so the names of God reveal something to us about who God is. And David praises God based upon who he is uh, and his name that reveals his greatness. The great I am means that he is the one who supplies our needs. Um, I remember when my kids were little as babies, they had everything provided for them, right? Because baby can't do anything. They, they can't go out and get a 40-hour week job and pay for their own meals and get their own clothes. They're completely dependent. Mom and dad have to supply everything that a baby needs. Uh, and so God is the one who supplies our needs. He is the great I am. But he's also the one who is able to handle the things that we face. And so uh, (laughs) David, as he's looking at the stars and he's looking at the heavens, he says, Lord, you're the great I am. You spoke these things into existence. How great, how awesome, how majestic you are. And he worships God based on his name. But he also calls him our Lord with the little ORD. Adonai, which means that he is the one who is sovereign. He is in charge of everything. Did you know that when Jesus speaks, the wind and the waves have to obey? When Jesus says to a dead man, Lazarus, come forth, he has to come forth. Somebody said if Jesus hadn't said Lazarus, come forth, everybody would have come forth. Because the authority of Jesus is such that he speaks and it must come to pass. When the demoniac met Jesus, uh, he cried out in fear. The demons within him were crying out in fear. Please don't send us to the pit. Send us to the pigs. And Jesus, with one word, says, go. And a whole legion of demons has to obey. And they go into the herd of pigs. This is the power of our great Savior. He is sovereign. Um, Colossians says that by him... All things hold together. All things consist. They came together and they're held together by his power. Jesus in his divine nature, even on the cross, was holding creation together by his power. He is Lord. Somebody once called him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Every knee will bow to him. Jesus is sovereign. Um, So... David is worshiping him for his great authority, for his great sovereignty. The subject of praise is our great God. Um, You could go down a list of names. There's all kinds of names of God that God has given us. Why? Was God trying to be confusing? No, he was revealing different things about himself. And so, uh, oftentimes there'll be a story such as... uh, uh, Hagar going out after uh, she'd been sent away from Abraham and Sarah. And uh, she's out in the wilderness and she, she sends her son a, a distance away because she doesn't want to watch him die. They don't have any water. And uh, God opens her eyes and she sees a well. And she and her son survives and she, she calls the well, Well of the living one who sees me. Jehovah Roy, the one who Yahweh who sees me. And um, uh, we learn from that that God sees us in our difficulties, sees us in our problems, and we worship and say, Lord, how great you are, how loving you are, that you would look down upon my life, you would see what I'm going through, and that you would take care of me. What a great and awesome God he is. Or you could talk about um, God who provides uh, El Shaddai, uh, the mighty God. You could talk about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. But all of these names of God reveal something about his character. What do they say when Jesus was conceived uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit in, in Mary's womb? God tells Joseph, he will, his name will be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Well, Jesus means Yahweh saves. What an appropriate name for Jesus. And so the names of God reveal who He is. And we we can worship God based upon these names or based upon the character qualities that we find in Scripture. We can also worship God as we look at creation and we observe the great things that God has done in creation. They reveal things about His character. And so the subject of praise is our great God. And since... The Bible is full of description about him, and since creation is full of the evidence of his power, there is no limit to what we can praise God for. Uh, And so, um, keep your eyes open as you read the scripture in your personal time with God for those character qualities of God, and thank him for those things, and praise him for those things. Lord, I praise you. That you're faithful. Lord, I praise you for your grace. Lord, I praise you that you are the God who will never leave me or forsake me. And uh, and take these things and lift them back up to the Lord in worship. So, David gives us a great example in showing us the subject of his praise. An explanation of praise, how is it explained? God tells us of its subject. Secondly, God tells us of its simplicity. I love this. Look at verse 2. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have established, my translation says a stronghold, but I like the word strength. The word strength is actually uh, a good translation of the Hebrew word there. And um, He says, out of the mouths of infants and, and babies, or babes and sucklings, you have ordained praise. The simplicity of praise is that even children can praise God. Um, there was a, a Christmas song that came out a few years ago uh, the Brooklyn Tabernacle put out and there's this little girl cute as the dickens with a lisp that sings happy birthday Jesus it just blessed me to no end uh, when I heard that song and uh, so cute uh, guess what, God accepts the praise of children and why does he say babes and sucklings? I think, I, think, uh, I think God is trying to make a point here. You don't have to be sophisticated to praise God. You come in the simplicity of genuineness in your heart. And uh, I remember when uh, David was little, there was a restaurant in town that we liked called Tamales. And uh, he, he, wouldn't, he couldn't pronounce that. And so he would say, Pamales. And then later it became Molly's. But you know what? We, we didn't throw him out of the car when he mispronounced the word. We, we, he was, he's our son. We love him. And matter of fact, it was endearing to us. We were just glad he was there in the car with us and able to enjoy the experience with us. God's the same way with us. Don't think that you have to use theological language or King James English to praise God. Just come in the simplicity of your heart to god if a baby a suckling can praise god you and i can praise god amen just come in simplicity just come in genuineness um it you know god the bible says man looks at the outer appearance but god looks on the heart the pharisees were very impressive outwardly in their prayers and god says you're just doing it for men's uh, uh, applause but uh The publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Just a simple prayer. He was so overwhelmed with his own guilt. And God said, this man went home justified. Just a simple prayer of genuineness from his heart. This is how God wants us to praise him. To praise him genuinely. To respond to him in the worship that comes from our hearts. Simplicity. Um, By the way, you don't have to have a, a... you don't have to have read 20 books on prayer to praise God either. Um, a lot of times I think we think, okay, well, I've got to, okay, uh, there's Acts. Let me see. I've got to, okay, get all those uh, get all those acrostics in there. I've got to do them in this order. Listen, do you do that with your spouse? Well, okay, honey, I, I want to talk to you about, first of all, about how great you are. And then you <laughs> confess uh uh, I forgot to do what you asked me to do yesterday. Uh, uh, and it, but, but thank you for doing it in my play. No, we don't do that. We come in genuineness, right? We come in simplicity. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Acts of I like the Acts of I'm just saying don't get hung up on all those things. Just come in the genuineness and simplicity of your heart to God. He delights in it. He's not going to say, hey, hey, you forgot the praise first. You're doing the confession first, uh, or supplica- you're doing the supplication first. Hey, get your act together. God doesn't do that with us, okay? Just come in the genuineness and the simplicity of your heart. This makes David worship God because he says, Lord, I'm so grateful that you love me for who I am. I don't have to try to impress you. Uh, you are already... Uh, impressed in the sense that you love me And if he'd have known about Christ And the, the fullness of what Christ would do He said, I, I thank you that I come to you In the blood of Jesus I, I don't come based upon my own worthiness I'm justified, I'm clothed with the righteousness of Christ I, I praise you God that I'm already accepted I don't have to worry about being accepted I could just come Isn't that great? Come in the simplicity Of simple, genuine Prayer from your heart. That's what God delights in. The explanation of praise, it's subject its simplicity. Thirdly, it's strategy. It's strategy. Look at verse 2. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you've established strength. On account of your adversaries, in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. Does that kind of confuse you when you read that? I think what he's saying is this, simple praise to God has an effect that is very powerful. When we praise God, God begins to act on our behalf against against his enemies. David recognized this. He said, Lord, what I've found is I praise you. Sometimes I don't have a clue what to do with my circumstance." Sometimes I'm overwhelmed by the things around me. But God, I praise you. And what I have found is in the simplicity of my praise, I come to you and I praise you. And you begin to act on my behalf. And things begin to fall together. And and the struggle that the enemy is coming against me, Lord, you overcome him. And you win a victory on my behalf. Simply through my praise. Jehoshaphat discovered that. He had an army coming against him. And uh, he went to the Lord and God said, set the singers out in front. You know, I don't know how good a strategy uh, that would seem to be to, it's to human wisdom. But Jehoshaphat obeyed him. And God told Jehoshaphat, he said, Jehoshaphat, if you will put these singers out front and you, you will have them praise and worship me, I'll fight for you. I'll go ahead of you. Your army won't have to do a thing. I'll win the victory for you. Sure enough, that's what took place. The singers begin to sing. And the Bible says God threw the opposing army into confusion and he killed, he killed the whole army. They didn't have to do a thing. That's the kind of battle to fight, right? Just sit back and watch. And God wins the victory. Prayer is a strategy. Praise is a strategy. Specifically, the prayer of praise or the song of praise that you sing to God has a spiritual power to it. Do you feel like the enemy's coming like a flood against you in your life, praise God. Begin as a choice of your will. It's hard to do that when when you're going through a difficult circumstance. It's hard to do that when you're overwhelmed. But you can say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Praise through me. And then I'm making a decision to praise. God, you are faithful lord i don't understand this circumstance lord it's too much for me but lord i praise you because you're faithful you've been faithful to me in the past i thank you for the prayers you've answered i thank you for what you're going to answer as i come to you in prayer and god i come to you in praise i worship you for your greatness i worship you for your grace and regardless of what's going on in my life i praise you that jesus died for my sins that my debt is paid That heaven is my destination and one day every tear will be dried, every sickness, every pain, every heartache will be gone and I'll enter your presence. Um, Lord, I praise you for the fact that you have said, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, you started this thing and you're going to finish it through me. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to finish it. I praise you for it. And you begin to praise God. I'll tell you, it will change your heart. It will change your attitude. It will change your perspective. But it will also release a spiritual power on your behalf. You say, well, explain that. I can't explain it. But I've seen it work. God does something when we praise him. He draws us close to himself, but he also works on our behalf. So it is a strategy. And I love the fact that it comes in the same verse as the infants and nursing babies. Is there anything weaker than an infant or a nursing baby? A small child. It's one of the most weak, dependent things that you can have. And yet God says, I've established strength, or stronghold as my translation says. The enemy's trying to come against you, but you praise God, it doesn't matter how weak you are. It doesn't matter what your power is. But you praise God, He comes and works on your behalf and routes the enemy for you. It's a strategy. So don't do it for that. I mean, you can do it for that reason, but that shouldn't be your focus while you're praising God. Your focus should be on Him. But it's fine to say, okay, I'm going through some trouble. I'm going, I think the enemy's coming against me. Lord, I'm gonna just have me a praise session. I like to kind of put a CD in there and just, or, or uh, you know, now there's electronic music. You can do that. But uh, put something on there and just begin to sing praise to the Lord. It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, David says, Lord, you're my strong tower. Have you ever felt like your problems were just so big and you were so small? But when you worship God, the problems become small and God lifts you up and there's a place of peace and security in your heart as you praise him. Uh, so praise is a strategy as well. The Explanation of praise, it's subject. It's Yahweh our Lord, our great God. It's simplicity. Just come in the simplicity of your genuine heart before God. It's strategy. It routes the enemy through God's power. And finally, it's astonishment. I love this. If you want an explanation of praise, this is probably the best explanation of praise that I could offer for you. We need to be astonished at who God is in comparison to who we are. And that attitude of astonishment. David David can't believe it. He says, Lord, when I observe your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man?" That you're mindful of him. Of a son of man that you visit him. God, who am I? In comparison to the greatness of who you are. By the way, David could only see a fraction of what we know about today. They, they've said a, 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 a conservative estimate of how many galaxies. Not how many stars, how many galaxies we have. There's a hundred billion galaxies. Now they think there could be as many as 200 million based upon the information they have now but the Hubble telescope just keeps on going farther out (laughs) and the farther out it goes the more they see. God says do not I fill the heavens and the earth? I want to tell you something. We have a big awesome powerful God who <laughs> sets the orbits of planets we, we saw it we saw this uh, video or I don't know if I don't know if I don't think we showed it in church but I watched it in my home I think we've got it in the library if you want to see it it's called the privileged planet and, and it, you go through all these different characteristics and things that have to be just exactly the way it needs to be in order for life to survive on planet Earth. Okay, that's that's impressive. I mean, in the statistics, how could that have happened by accident? I mean, it truly is amazing what God has done when you just look at planet Earth. But planet Earth is just one planet. We are in the middle of a galaxy. Have you ever wondered why we can see the heavens and the earth? That were the heavens. We're positioned right in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy in the area where you can see out. If we were... Too far this way or too far that way, we wouldn't be able to see anything. God has us exactly where we need to be. Guess what? He's also got got us where we need to be so that most of the asteroids are filtered out by what's around us. Now, this is just one planet in the middle of one galaxy. There are a hundred billion galaxies. Wow. Then... You begin to think about DNA. You get to go from big to small. And you begin to think about what God has just put in every human cell. There's so much information in there. It's more than all the libraries and all the computers in the world. In one cell of your body. that tells your body how to work. What an amazing God we serve. Oh Lord, you are great! Who am I? Lord, why would you condescend to to speak to me, to care for me, to love me? And yet that is what we know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You ought to never lose the awe and the wonder that God loves you in that way. You ought to be astonished by it. You ought to look up as you go out and you walk in in the parking lot. Well, it may still be daylight outside, but <laughs> later on when you get home tonight and you look up at the sky, you ought to think, God, how great you are, how small and insignificant I am. And yet, I'm significant to you. You call me by name. You've written my days in your book. You've numbered the hairs of my head. You've beset me behind and before Lord, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's beyond me. David is astonished that God would love him. You made him a little less than God or a little less than the angels, your translation may say. It's how you translate that Hebrew word, it's usually translated God. Um, most of of the like the Septuagint and different different uh, translations of that day translated that something like angels, and of course that was uh, the translation used in Hebrews as well. And so, uh, but the point is basically the same. God set mankind over the earth, right, in the in the garden, to, to take care of the earth. Who's the in position of authority over? Adam, at that point, it's God. You want to say, okay, angels too? Okay, well, we'll do that. But he's just a little lower in authority when you compare with the rest of the world than God. A little lower than the angels. And so, uh, he says, Lord, you have set him over the earth. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him ruler over the works of your head. you put everything under his feet. All the sheep and oxen as well as the animals in the wild. Uh, One of the commentators I was writing said he's probably sitting out there with the sheep when he's thinking about this and writing this psalm. Lord, you you made these sheep and you set me over them. Uh, Lord, uh, all the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea that pass through the current of the sea. This is looking back to creation. And what God did when he set The earth under human beings. Well, you say, well, it's not all set under our feet like it once was. That's true. But can I tell you when that's going to be fulfilled in its ultimate form? It's when Jesus returns. And the Bible says that there'll be a renovation of creation. I don't know exactly what what that's going to look like. But the lion will lay down with the lamb. Children will play with vipers and not be harmed. That's How? I don't know. But when Jesus comes back, he's going to be in complete dominion over this earth. And he's going to heal what's broken in this earth. Um, But you see, why did Jesus come? He came for you and for me. Scripture says in Isaiah 53, it pleased God to crush him for us. Think about that for a few minutes. The eternal son of God. God would be pleased to crush him. For, fill your, put your name in the blank. That's powerful. God, you're so great. I'm so small. Yet you care for me. Yet you love me. Yet you sent your son to die for me. That's the essence of praise. We talk about God being holy. What does that mean? It's to be set apart. He is set apart from us in everything. He's set apart in love. He's, he's set apart in his grace. He's set apart in his mercy. He's set apart in his patience. He's set apart in his justice. And when we see one of these character qualities of God in Scripture, and we begin to read about it, and we recognize, wow, God, you are loving in a way that I could never be loving. God, you are merciful in a way that I can never be merciful. We can do, his, the Spirit can love through us and be merciful. Praise God, we'd be in trouble. But um, He is so great in who He is and the character qualities that He has, and we are so small, and yet He loves us. Let that capture your heart. Let it amaze you. Let it astonish you. Be surprised by it. Sometimes things become familiar when we're acquainted with them and familiar. By reading them or hearing about them many times, never lose the wonder of what God has done for you. And the explanation of praise how is it explained? Its subject, its simplicity, its strategy, and its astonishment. And uh, as we praise God, God comes close to us. He draws near to us, uh, and we draw near to Him. And there's an intimacy there, and there's a fellowship there that is sweet. What a privilege God has given us to praise his name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word.